Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Amen. Amen. Man, what a great worship this morning. Love it that I'm in a place filled with people who love Jesus. And there's expectation here, right? You're allowed to talk back to me if you want to. Just no heckling. That's all right. I love, I love the thank you worship team. Don't, don't know they do a great job. As, as Josh said, we've, uh, we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of years. And um, yeah, uh, Cory Lounge Access was the key to his, our relationship. So he, he's, quite, he's quite easy to get. If so if you ever need to build relationship with your pastors, um, just get them into something and uh, you'll be fine. Maybe buy them some food and uh, you'll be able to build relationship real quick anyway. But who loves their pastors? Amen. Amen. That's good. Um, uh, yeah, so great to be here with you this morning. Um, my, uh, my passion, uh, Jared was picking me up and he's like, what is, so what do you like to do for fun? And, and I was like, well, I'm a builder by trade. So before we started, before I started pastoring, I say we because it's me and my wife, Desiree. Um, before we started doing that, I was a builder and Desiree is an accountant. And now we're using that sort of skill in, in the church as well. And so real cool. Um, so just a little bit of history about me. Um, I, I became a Christian when I was 14. I was the first Christian in my family. How did I become a Christian when I was 14? I went to our rancho. Now, does anyone in this room know of our rancho? All right, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. So it's a Christian camp just north of uh, Wellington. And I used to go there every school holidays because uh, effectively wins would pay for me to go. And then mum would get a week off free babysitting. It was amazing, uh, I guess, for her. And, uh, but it was also cool as, as I just get to, got to hear the stories of, of, of the Bible, of how Jesus moved in people's lives, how faith was activated. And um, it wasn't until like the last uh, holiday camp that I was eligible as a child to go to that I just sort of, God, God got a hold of my heart. And there's a scripture in uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, which just says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, um, and just as like Josh tries to get into the Coro Lounge by himself, he doesn't get access in there by himself. Well, we don't get access into heaven by ourselves. We get access into heaven through Jesus Christ. And, and uh, that was the scripture that really stuck in my spirit. I was like, well, I need, I, I want to have access. I want to have God as my Lord and, uh, and Father. I, I need Jesus as my Savior. And so I surrendered my heart and I gave my heart to Jesus. Uh, when I was 14, first Christian in my family. And so that was interesting. I came home, said, hi, mum. Hi, 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 stepdad. Um, or I called him Tim at that stage. I was like, I've given my heart to Jesus. They're like, okay, that's cool. And that was it. Uh, and so for, for three months, I made it. Every Sunday, I would get up and I would walk to church because I couldn't drive. And, uh, and so I'd walk, and, and then by, after three months, uh, just, just the things of the world, there was no support or there was no community. I didn't get friends who were in youth groups or anything like that, and I just fell away from Jesus. Um, I always loved Him, but I chose my own life, and I gave, I gave it, it was just following that. 
Um, but then when I was 17, just through different circumstances, the, the camp rung me up and said, there's like an internship going and there's, uh, we've got two positions. We would love you to apply for it. And it was just a God moment. It was just how, how, how God just reaches down and goes, no, what? I'm going to just pull you up. And, and, but in that moment, though, there was a decision. It was the end of my schooling. Um, I'd just sort of been asked to leave because I'd gotten into a fight. Not that I'm a fighter, but it just, just something happened, which was crazy. It just, and uh, anyway, and so I, I, it was a real, real tricky situation, but it was just the grace of God. It was the grace of God just came, and, and God just, and then so I just applied for the job, and I, and I got it. Praise God. And then from there, I've been following Jesus ever since. Um, who knows that we all still mess up? Uh, I still mess up, but God is good. He's gracious. He loves us. He's for us. And um, so then uh, I, I met my wife there at the camp, and we started a relationship. We got married just before our 22nd birthday. So we've been married now for 20-something years. I know you don't believe that because the mass doesn't work. You know, I look a whole lot younger, as in the photo that you saw. Um, and and, and um, so we got married. We have three beautiful children, Jacob, Oliver, and Harper. She's my little princess. And um, we've, we've been from Wellington to London for five years to Masterton, just north of Wellington, for five and a half years now, and then moved to Dunedin, and we've been there for eight years. And uh, just seeing God grow people, love people, see people get um, uh, impacted by the grace of God. And just we love seeing people follow and run after Jesus. And so um, now we're serving in the church down in Dunedin. We're getting to meet some amazing, great people around the South Island because I was a North Islander. Now I am a South Islander um, in heart and in spirit. And um, now we get to be here, and just through just how God moves, you find yourself in places, and you're like, man, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity. And so I, I take it as no small feat being here this morning. Uh, I don't proclaim to be the greatest preacher in the world, uh, and especially with dyslexia. It's always a good thing. So if I create words this morning, just please go with it. Um, it's, 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 sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes, a lot of the time, it's unintentional. Um, but you know, I'll, uh, it's just a heart to serve God. And isn't that what we're here for? We're just a heart to serve God. My favorite scripture out of the Bible is Hebrews chapter ten, verses twenty-four and twenty-five, and it says, "Let us not neglect meeting together." But to come together to, to spur one another on and to, and to think of ways that we can encourage one another. You know, this morning I'm praying that just the Holy Spirit is going to encourage you to go and do what you've been called to do by God. And so just as I'm here pastoring a church, you know, I, I prophetically, someone spoke over my life when I was 17 and said, you're going to pastor a church. And I said, no, I am not. No, I am not. But hey, I'm here to encourage you to do the things that maybe you don't want to do this morning. Um, but anyway, amen. Amen. One of the things I've learned, though, as I've grown up, and maybe you'll come with me with this, um, but as I've just realized this the other day, and it's very deep and it's very theolog theological, but I've stopped stubbing my big toe. Do, have, you, have you, just think about that for yourself this morning, I, can't, I don't have any biblical scripture for you, 
But when was the last time you stubbed your big toe? See, I, you know, I actually thought about this real big real, for a long time. Was, this is deep, right? This is deep. I, I, I actually think I stopped stubbing my big toe around about, I reckon, 16, 17, 18. I reckon the last time I gave my big toe a big stubbing and blood going everywhere. And okay, everyone's like, where are you going with this? Where are you going? But here's one thing I have realized, though. And you might recognize this as well, but I have constantly hit my little toe on things all the time, all the time. You're like, oh my gosh, the pain of hitting the little toe versus stubbing the big toe is just wildly, wildly more. I don't know about you, so when was the last time you stubbed your little toe or you kicked your little toe on something? You're like, what is this guy talking about this morning? But here's the thing, I want to... I lead you to a place this morning where, where as we grow up, stuff stops happening to us, but other stuff does start happening to us. And, in, and as we pray, as we open up the Bible this morning, I really believe that God wants to encourage us through life. Who knows that? We all need encouragement through life. And so, Father, I pray you continue to move in this place. Holy Spirit, come and help. I pray, Lord, that you give me the words. I pray, Lord, that I'd follow your unction this morning. I pray, Lord, for setting people free. I pray, Lord, that we can focus on you. And so, Holy Spirit, come and help this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. And um, in Luke chapter 17, and uh, in the New International Version for this, it says this, Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Like, that's a stink verse, right? I I mean, I thought the Bible was full of nice stuff. No, Jesus says, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch out for you, watch, watch, so watch yourself. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. If they repent, forgive them. Even if this, they sin against you seven times in a day, seven times come back and to, to you saying, I repent, you must forgive me. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And then Jesus replies, he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. I love, I love reading the Bible in, in chunks because often we hear the Bible in bits. And, and you know, I've heard, this, I've heard verse 6 in bits all the time. If you have faith as small as the mustard seed, you can say uproot uh, this mulberry tree and be, be planted into the seed. But it's in the context of saying right after the apostles said, increase our faith. What was that from? Increase our faith for stuff that comes against us. Stuff that challenges us in life. I don't know about you this morning, but man, you, you, like, like even through the ministry time, there was a moment we stopped and it was like, Pastor Josh says, come on, right now, just, Lord, here I am. But now have it all. There's stuff that every day in life, stuff's going to come uh, uh, for us. But our response is, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, uh, increase our faith. You know, this morning, I really believe that God wants to increase our faith. God wants to increase our faith. It's a biblical fact that stuff is going to come against us in life, unfortunately. Whether it's the devil 
having a go at us, he can also use people. You can use that person. Anyone like driving here? Anyone been cut off by someone driving before? How do you respond? Lord, increase our faith. That's, I'm just opposite. I, I, I was the Lord increase my faith. I, I wasn't the, anyway. But when stuff happens, and then we respond. Who, who hates it somehow, somehow somewhat, sometimes how we respond? I'm like, sheesh, why did I respond like that? Oh, that stupid so-and-so. They shouldn't be talking like that. And we, and we react and we respond. See, there's always going to be stuff that's going to come against us, but it's about how we respond and how we ask, ask the Lord to increase our faith. And he says, you can, if you've got faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea. I'm praying this morning, this mulberry tree is going to be uprooted and planted into the sea. I don't know what it is in your world. I know I've got areas in my world where I'm saying, Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith. You know, sometimes I think the, the way to increase our faith is as much like the, 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 uh, the, the two criminals on the cross. I don't know if you know the story, but, but Jesus died on the cross. And there were two criminals each side. One of the criminals was like, Lord, save yourself and save us while you're here. The other one was like, Lord... We deserve, we deserve to be here. But would you remember me? And Jesus turns to him and says, oh, today I'll remember you and you'll be with me in paradise. See the difference of, of, of choosing what cross we want to hang on. Do we want to hang on the cross of, Lord, save us. Or Lord, we deserve this, but Lord, I need you in this. Lord, increase my faith. You know, humility opens the door to so much in the kingdom of God. When we say, Jesus, we need you, he'll open up the doors. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Going on, keeping on going through our Bible this morning. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10, I'm not going to read the whole lot. But it's Paul here and, and, he, and he's sharing about his boasting and he's sharing about the thorn in his side. But verse 6, it says this, Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted. But what I do or say, by, by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak. I am strong. Does anyone here delight in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties? No, we don't. But when we know God's grace is sufficient, we can. I want to I encourage us this morning. See, Paul here talks about how he was given a thorn in his side. 
And, you know, sometimes we think, you know, to live life, God's got to keep reminding us of stuff. You've got to, got to, maybe you've got a, a sore foot. I actually have a sore foot. And, uh, and like, you've got a limp and you and God, like, oh, man, this is, okay, God, I need you. Ah, you know, and living life or, or something's going on in your life and you're like, hey, ah, this is, ah, and you're in that, I don't know, no one, everyone's perfect here, right? No one's got that, uh, and something, and Paul talks about how he's given a thorn in his side. See, sometimes they think that God would allow us to have irritations in our world just to, just to make us come to him. I don't know about that. I don't think God wants to allow irritations in our world just to remind us of him. I think a better word would be, you know, God wants us to sometimes remind us of our limitations so that we know that we can go to him. See, we're all limited, right? I'm limited. I'm standing up here in in God's grace. In God's grace, before I led the church in Masterton, I'd never preached a message and I'd never service led. Right? And know anyone like that? Oh, I do. <laughs> and, and, and like you stand up here and you're like, hey church, how's it going? The very first time I preached a message or led a service was the week after I was ordained as a pastor. It's crazy. Who does that? But you stand up there and like, nah, Lord, I know my limitations. I need you. This morning, if we acknowledge our limitations, we can go, come on, God, your grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for you this morning. God's grace is sufficient in every occasion. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're believing for, but His grace is sufficient for all of us. You know, as I said, I was was the first Christian in our family. And praise God, I've seen my mum come to know Jesus. I've seen an uncle and auntie. I've seen nieces and nephews. I haven't seen my dad yet or my stepmum, but I'm praying and I'm believing. But I'm the first Christian in my family. Between my mum and my dad, there's seven marriages. Not They didn't get married seven times together. They, my dad was married. My mum was married before they met. They divorced. Then they got married. They divorced. Then they remarried again. And my mum remarried again. And again, and now she's still separated and living by herself. It's a real sad occasion. But one of the things I knew in my spirit, when I got down on one knee and I said to Desiree, I said, would you marry me? I'm only going to say that once. Why? Because God's grace is sufficient. It doesn't matter what you've been brought up through. It doesn't matter what, you've been, what you might be carrying. But if you go to Jesus, you can say to this mulberry bush, be uprooted and thrown into the into the sea this morning. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter whatever what any area you might be carrying. God's grace is sufficient. As I was sharing even with Jared this morning, driving in the car. So what that what that created for me is a is is pretty much a fatherless world. I just didn't have a dad. Or what I did had when he divorced my mum, he divorced the family. I haven't spoken to him since, not because of lack of trying. He just doesn't answer the phone. But God's grace is sufficient. See, as I grow up, and then we have kids, what the heck? How do you be a dad? I don't know how to be a dad. And there's many times, man, did I do God's grace is sufficient? Or it's more like that, eh? 
But God's grace is sufficient. I've got a great step, uh, uh, father-in-law. He's amazing, but he's like, you know, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. He just, he, he just doesn't say a thing. But man, does he preach the gospel by his actions. And I can go to him any time and I can talk to him and all that. But one of the greatest things that I know uh, and journeying to be a father, and as I said, we've got a 14, a 12, and a 10-year-old. Man, do I need Jesus. Man, do I need Jesus. But I love being a dad. I love it. I love it. I love lying down on the bed at night and talking to them and praying with them and putting them to bed. It takes like an hour. It's, um, oh, you know, do I sound like an awesome father right now? It's amazing. No, most of the time it's like, get in the bed! And once a week I, I lie down for an hour so I can tell the story, you know? <laughs> Not quite. But I, I, I remember the Lord said to me, Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. Okay, God, your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. So I'm running after him. Lord, show me how to do this. How do, you, how, do you, how do you grow amazing children of God? How do you serve them? How do you bless them? How do you discipline them? And how do you, how do you, how do you talk to them about all the stuff that's going on and, and bombarding them with information and around gender and all this sort of stuff? You're like, oh, Lord. But I want to tell you this morning, God's grace is sufficient. I don't know if it's your challenge where it is parenting. I don't know what is your challenge where it's your workplace. I don't know even if, you, if it's your challenge. Of, I really actually felt prophetically there's, 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 there's people here this morning who are praying for family. Come on, God's grace is sufficient for you. There's people who are praying in, praying in your workplace. God's grace is sufficient for you. We can boast in our weakness because God's grace is sufficient. Amen? There's a... Um, In, in James chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, it says, Let perseverance finish its work, so that you, be may, you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a, a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Let perseverance finish its work in you. Don't give up. Don't just let that, let, let that thing, oh, it's, the horse is bolted on it. It's not, never going to come back. No, it is. But as, as, we, as we challenge ourselves to continue pressing into God, that's where maturity becomes complete. That's where we can keep trusting in God through every situation. Come on, are there, are there things in your life this morning that we can pray for, that we can believe for? Come on, God, your grace is sufficient in all occasions. Your grace is sufficient in all occasions. I don't know how many of you like fishing. Anyone like fishing? A couple of people. Nice. I, I, I generally, I like to go fishing. It, it generally just turns into what I call waiting. Anyone else fish like that? We'll just go there. It's not fishing. Fishing is catching fish. Um, but here's the thing with fishing, though. There's, there's a thing on the end of your line called a trace. 
And, and a trace is there to, to help you achieve and catch the, the fish or the species that you're going after. If you're going after a shark, you need a big hook and almost a wire trace because they've got the ability to bite through that trace. And here's the thing, if you're going after uh, blue cod that is common in the South Island, you don't need to have a wire trace because it's probably too strong. You won't even know that the fish is on the end. You need to have the right level of trace so that you can feel the fish on the end of the hook and you can then jig it and wheel it in. See, that's like the sufficiency of God. When God says His, sufficient, His grace is sufficient for us, He knows the right trace or the right amount for the right occasion. See, you might be here this morning and you're believing for something huge to happen. We sung it in worship. A miracle can happen now because the Spirit of the Lord is here. And you might be going, well, I need a lot more Spirit of the Lord. I need a lot more. Well, can we believe this morning that God's got a sufficient grace for us? He's got a whole lot of grace for us that He can believe for breakthrough. I really, sorry, I just keep coming back to this. There's people in this room that are believing for your children to come back to God. There's people here, and I'm just saying, you might think that that's, that, that horse is bolted. You might think that they are far, far, far down that track. I'm, pray, I'm believing right now, and we're going to pray at the end of the service. Come on, God's grace is sufficient in all occasions. Amen? Amen. See, so he goes on, and we have op- stuff happens in life. Even Jesus tests the disciples. Who knows the most famous... Uh, dinner time in the Bible, feeding the 5,000. And Jesus says to them, oh, hey. And they come and say, hey, look, everyone's been here a few days now. They're all getting hungry. Jesus turns around to Philip and says, well, you feed them. Sometimes God's going to tell us to go after his grace. Philip turns around and he says this, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them would have a little but God's grace is sufficient. We might, we might be living life and we might have, an, have a situation come up against us and you're like, well, in our, in our natural response, 200 denarii is not even, a, that's like over a whole year's worth of wages. That's not even going to be sufficient to feed everyone. But there's going to be stuff where you know, if Jesus asks us about it, he's going to resource about it as well. He can bring the breakthrough about it. See, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a story, another story, another account in the Bible. And I know, worship team, you've only just sat down, but uh, can you guys jump back up? That'd be good. We're not quite finished, but uh, I just, just believe God wants to set something up. See, in our own ability, we're not sufficient. In our own ability, we can achieve a few things. Like, mankind's pretty good, right? Uh, you look at the technology and all that sort of stuff. Even you go right the way back. The Babylonians built a tower that got God's attention. And he came down. He's like, man, this is amazing. But then he scattered the world. Man, man in their own ability can achieve a whole lot of things. But what could we really achieve through the grace of God? What could really happen? See, in, in Exodus chapter 16, there's the story where, where Moses has lead, led the children of Israel out of Egypt, and now they're in the wilderness. And, but then there's, there's a whinging going on. Anyone whinge here? 
Uh, there's a couple of honest people. <laughs> Amen. We all whinge and we all moan every now and then. But there's some whinging going on. And they're like, in the Exodus chapter 16, verse 3, it says, If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. See, sometimes we feel like that. Sometimes we're going through life and like, wow, what's going on? This is crazy. Why, why am I in this situation? Stub that little toe. Nah, this really hurts. This wasn't meant to happen. Well, no one means to stub their toe, but it happened. Stuff that's going to come against us. So they were there, they were like, oh, we should be sitting around pots filled with meat, enjoying ourselves. Really? Is that really what you're after? It goes on goes down and Moses talks to the Lord and the Lord gives Moses a, an instruction. Some of you may know this. He says, you know, every day I want you to go out. I'm going to give, bring manna from heaven. Every day there's manna going to be on the ground. You're going to be able to go out and you're going to be able to collect as much as you want. I'm going to give quail from heaven in the evenings and every day you're going to be able to go out, get as much as you want. It goes down and in verse 17, rather than reading the whole story, it says, So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. And those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. See, I really believe that's a picture of God's grace is sufficient. Every day we, they get commanded, go out and just pick up as much as you need. Some gather a lot, some gather a little, but every family had as much as they needed. As it says on the sixth day, go out and grab double the amount so that you, know, you remember the Sabbath and on the Sabbath you don't have to pick anything up. But I want to go back to, this is a picture, I believe, of God's grace. It's a picture of how He's sufficient. His grace is sufficient. He, you know, in the, in the moment that you're needing, in the breakthrough that you are needing this morning, if you need to go out and, and pick up a lot of God's grace, we'll just pick up a lot of His provision and just pick it up and pick it up and pick it up and consume it because that's what God's got enough for you for this day, for this moment. If you're thinking, you know what, life is going okay right now and you just need a, just enough to, you, 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 you just like things are going good, we'll just pick up that much because His grace is sufficient. But here's the thing, we all need to pick up something. We all need to pick up an amount. See, God draws us. I love this picture because it's a reminder again of how much we need Jesus, how much we need the Lord. Because, you know, most of us like to come out on Sunday and fill our backpack up, stuff our pockets, fill everything up and then go out and then slowly eat it through Monday, through Tuesday, through Wednesday, through Thursday. But no, every day the Lord's saying, come out. Every day the Lord's saying, pick up as much as you need pick up because I 
what I have for you is sufficient. I really believe this morning, come on, let's go out and pick up what you need. But then tomorrow, go out and pick up what you need. And the next day, go and pick up what you need. Go before God and say, God, your grace is sufficient. As I said, as as becoming a parent, man, and I'm sure, I mean, I've only got, we're there only at 14, 12, and 10. I'm still, (laughs) every day I need grace. Some days it's a little, some days it's going to be a lot. I'm, I'm sure through teenage years and challenges and all that, man, I'll be going out every day in the camera. But where this morning is God's grace going to be sufficient for you? Where do you need Him? Where are you asking for Him to come in? You know, it's a great psalm. Many of you may know it, Psalm 51. And it's around, David writes it because of his fall with Bathsheba and Nathan the prophet tells him where he's gone wrong. But I'm not going to go through all of that, but I want to get down to verse 16. And it just says this, you, didn't, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart you God will not despise so I pray this morning you'd be encouraged to just go out and pick up God's grace go out and pick up God's grace just go out and pick up God's grace as I said before I've prophetically there's people who are praying your children back in man if you need if you need all of the if you're pushing people out the way getting as much as you can. Come on, His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Maybe you only need a little, but come and pick it up. Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. I wonder if we could stand as we finish. In a moment, we're going to pray. And I'd love to pray with you. I know there's a great, you got great pastors and the great pastoral team here. But to be honest, I love coming up and I love hanging out and I love being and worshipping with people. But my heart is to encourage people and my heart is to pray with people as well. I just want to make time to pray with you. And the the team will make time to pray with you. Because you're saying, you know what? My basket's a little empty. I've lost faith in this area. I don't believe I'm not I'm not sure if God's actually gonna come through in this area. Can I encourage you? Come and walk out. Even prophetically this morning, we've already been encouraged to step out. But walk out. Come on, God, this morning I just declare, Holy Spirit, Father, I thank you for what you're doing. Just pray, Lord, that you'd settle that in people's hearts. That, Lord, your grace is sufficient. Over every single situation, over every single occasion, your grace is sufficient. And I'd right now pray, Lord, that you'd pour it out. Pour out. Pour out manna from heaven. 
as we walk out and as we pick up and as we draw near to you, as we come and as we ask for wisdom, Lord, we come before you with faith. And Lord, we believe for every situation, every area, Lord, we find your grace. We find your wisdom. We find your blessing. We find your goodness. We find your mercy. And Father, this morning as we pray, Lord, we'll be filled. Fill every heart, fill every spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm not sure if we can go into a chorus, sing a song. And just love to invite anyone just saying, you know what, I need to step out and I need to pick up a fresh, fresh batch of God's grace this morning. And I want to consume it here and then tomorrow go out again. But if you'd love someone to pray with you, I'd... As we sing this chorus, why don't you come to the front? We'll pray for you. And then Pastor Josh will take over. Let's sing.